June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Ellen's big return. If I've ever let someone down, if I've ever hurt their feelings, I am so sorry for that. What went on behind the scenes as embattled Ellen DeGeneres returns to her talk show. Ellen wanted this to be perfect. Plus, Joe and Jill Biden. Their love story is legend. But before there was Joe, there was this guy. It's going to hurt. Yeah, it's going to break my heart. TV exclusive, Jill Biden's first husband. I fell in love with her. I married her six months later. And the story he tells about how Joe and Jill first met may surprise you. It was a blind date, point blank. Is that story true? No, not even a little bit. Then, up in flames. And Hero Emmy presenters. Here are the nominees. The history teacher. The lady trucker. The frontline nurse. First reaction was, God, I hope they get me from my good angle. And Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg's humble beginnings here at her childhood home in Brooklyn. How she became a pop culture icon. It just got Ginsburg. TikTok team. Filing down their teeth with a nail file. Who would do such a thing? This can't be good for my teeth. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. A high-stakes return to television as Ellen DeGeneres debuts the new season of her show after she was accused of presiding over an abusive, toxic work environment. Today, Ellen returned to the airwaves saying she is, quote, so sorry for what happened. Welcome to season 18 of the Ellen DeGeneres Show. A new chapter. That's what Ellen promised today as she returned to her studio and spoke out for the first time about the controversy swirling around her show. This summer there were allegations of a toxic work environment at our show. And then there was an investigation. I learned that things happened here that never should have happened. She apologized and promised to do better. The truth is, I am that person that you see on TV. I am also a lot of other things. I, sometimes I get sad. I get mad. I, I get anxious. I get frustrated. I get impatient. And I am working on all of that. I am a work in progress. And if I've ever let someone down, if I've ever hurt their feelings, I am so sorry for that. But one former Ellen producer is slamming her apology today. Hedda Muscat worked on The Ellen Show back in 2003. Phony, liar, hypocrite. That's my reaction. She's known about this for 17 years. She's created this culture. I was there from day one. Uh, We were all petrified of her. She was not nice. We've learned that after 14 weeks of hiatus, Ellen returned to her studio here at Warner Brothers last week and pre-taped her eagerly awaited season premiere. Like most talk shows during the pandemic, there was no live studio audience allowed inside. Ellen's virtual audience reacted positively to her opening monologue. 
Time will tell what her fans make of it. Elizabeth Wagmeister is a senior correspondent with Variety. It really seemed like an effective PR spin. It was perfectly done, but I think that that's exactly what Ellen needed to do. It's very clear that Ellen wanted this to be perfect. Her and her producers and her writers, they clearly spent a lot of time and put a lot of thought into this. They want to do this and they want to move on and move forward and probably never talk about the allegations again. My hope is that we can still be a place of happiness and joy. I still want to be the one hour a day that people can go to escape and laugh. As for her be kind reputation that suffered so much damage this summer, she had this to say. Being known as the be kind lady is a tricky position to be in. So let me give you some advice out there. If anybody's thinking of changing their title or giving yourself a nickname, do not go with the be kind lady. (laughs) Don't do it. In other TV news, last night's Emmy Awards are being called the biggest virtual live show ever. But one moment with host Jimmy Kimmel, Jennifer Aniston, and a fire extinguisher almost didn't go as planned. Jim Murray with all the moments you didn't see on TV. Well, hello and welcome to the pandemies. The Emmys were unlike any other. Jimmy Kimmel playing to an empty Staples Center. Of course I'm here all alone. Of course we don't have an audience. This isn't a MAGA rally, it's the Emmys. There were a few celebrity cardboard cutouts on hand. Jason? Jason. Then came this surprise. That's a real Jason Bateman. We just have a limit on how many people we can have in the building, so you really need to go. No, I don't. I don't. Okay, I haven't left the house for six months. Don't send me back there. I want to be here. This is, it's ritzy. Anyone who appeared live on the show had to be tested for COVID. Actress Tracy Ellis Ross received her COVID nose swab in the Staples Center parking lot. She dazzled in a gold lame gown as a presenter. Jason Sudeikis got a COVID test live on stage. E-host Juliana Rancic and actress Vivica A. Fox were forced to pull out of E's pre-Emmy coverage after they both tested positive for COVID-19. As far as my health, I'm, I'm doing well. My husband, Bill, and our son also did test positive. 24-year-old Zendaya made history, becoming the youngest Emmy winner for Best Actress on HBO's Euphoria. Watch her family and management explode in cheers. Thank you so, so much. Um, This is, whoa, okay, (laughs) thank you. The night's biggest winner for comedy was a show whose name we're not going to say on TV. Here's how the morning shows tackled it. Or S Creek, sometimes they call it. Jennifer Aniston sizzled in a sexy black dress as she got the show underway. But things got a little too hot to handle when they sprayed Lysol on an envelope and set it on fire. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. And, oh. Got it. Aniston hightailed at home and made a surprise appearance with Friends co-stars Courtney Cox and Lisa Kudrow. Is this live TV? Unbelievable. Lisa Kudrow, you you live there too? Yeah, where else would I live? Watchmen's Regina King won for lead actress and wore a Breonna Taylor t-shirt. Uzo Aduba. I spoke with actress Uzo Aduba, who won for her performance in Mrs. America. She also wore a Breonna Taylor shirt. Talk about why it's important for you to lend your name to this social movement. It's a wonderful evening that we're having, and it should be filled with joy and celebration. But I think um, I would be remiss to not bring in some of what is happening 
outside in the streets. One stunt that everyone's talking about, tuxedo hazmat suits worn by interns delivering the trophies. We spoke to costume designer Katja Cahill, who created the elaborate suits. Well, they're functional, but we wanted a little style. You know, it's Emmys. And there was a new type of presenter this year. Essential workers were enlisted to introduce some major categories, including this nurse who personally battled COVID-19. She spoke today with Amber Cagliano about her big moment. They're the breakout stars of the Emmys, essential workers from the pandemic. Tonight, we invited some of them, our essential workers, to be part of the show and hand out awards to those who are much less essential than they are. I am incredibly excited to present to you the nominees for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. We caught up with New York City ER nurse Katie Duke today. My first reaction was, God, I hope they get me from my good angle. (laughs) Katie took care of COVID patients and battled the virus herself. So today is my third day in the hospital. Um, Still very very short of breath. Her moment on the show was actually taped several weeks ago. And look, she's still got the envelope. This is exciting. Hey everyone, my name is Cindy Marcellin. Presenter Cindy Marcellin is a U.S. history teacher in Broward County, Florida. To my former and current students, I love you, I miss you. She presented the award for Outstanding Actor in a Comedy Series. Here are the nominees. What are your students saying about your your Emmys moment. They were like, congratulations, you look great. They should have had you host the entire show. (laughs) Outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series. Also presenting a UPS worker, a third generation lady trucker, and a Montana rancher. All essential workers who deserve a moment in the spotlight. It was a moment that I'll just take forever, honestly. Very cool. Just over 6 million people watched the Emmys. It was an all-time low, but this was also the first time the show was up against Sunday Night Football and the NBA. Presidential hopeful Joe Biden and his wife recently celebrated their 43rd wedding anniversary. But before there was Joe, there was Bill, the man Jill married when she was only 18. Now her ex-husband is speaking with Stephen Fabian in this exclusive television interview. It's going to hurt her. Yeah, it's going to break her heart. He's the ex-husband of Dr. Jill Biden, the widely admired woman who's been at Joe Biden's side for 43 years. And he has an eye-opening story to tell. I was betrayed by the Bidens. Joe was my friend. Joe was my wife. The Bidens' love story is now legend. How they found true love after the heartbreak of losing his wife, Nelia, and baby daughter in a car crash in December 1972. They even put their tale of romance front and center at the Democratic convention last month. When I met Jill, I fell in love with her when I saw her. As Joe Biden tells the story, he first saw Jill's photo on an advertisement in Wilmington, Delaware in March 1975. His brother, Frank, who knew the model from college, set Joe up on a blind date the following night. The Biden's love story reads like a classic fairy tale. They saw a movie together on that blind date, fell in love, and never looked back. But Jill Biden's ex-husband says there's much more to the story, claiming Jill and Joe's relationship actually started in 1974, when he was still married to Jill. It was a blind date. Point blank, is that story true? 
No, not even a little bit. Bill Stevenson, the founder of a popular local rock music venue called The Stone Balloon, married Jill when she was just 18 years old. Jill I met on the beach in Ocean City, New Jersey in August of 1969. Sure, I fell in love with her because I married her six months later. In her memoir, Jill says of her first marriage, I truly believed we were destined for each other. Looking back, it may seem like a mistake of youth. According to Bill Stevenson, both he and Jill first got to know Joe Biden when Biden was a county councilman in Newcastle, Delaware. Stevenson asked his help obtaining a liquor license. So you were friends with Joe Biden? Oh yeah, not only that, I threw a fundraiser for him in August raised between $2,500 and $3,000. We got married in 70. I introduced Joe to Jill in 72. Right before the election in 72, Jill, Joe, Nelia, and I were in his kitchen. How do you forget that? That would be three years before that now famous blind date. Stevenson says his first inkling something was up came when Jill refused to go with him to meet Bruce Springsteen, who was booked to appear at the Stone Balloon. He said, uh, Joe asked me to keep an eye on the boys. And I just thought to the back of my mind, hmm. Then one day he says a man came into his bar and asked him to pay damages for a fender bender that involved Jill. He looks at me and he says, oh, she wasn't driving. I said, her beloved Corvette, she wasn't driving it? He goes, Senator Biden was driving it. And I went, what? Did you confront Jill at the time and say, what's going on here? Yes, I did. Did she admit to it? She didn't say anything. She just looked at me. I said, you got to go. You got to go get your own place. Jill and Stevenson's divorce decree was issued in May 1975. He says the divorce became contentious when Jill asked for a share of the stone balloon, which he says the judge denied. In the years following the divorce, Stevenson was convicted on a federal fraud charge and was also sentenced to six years probation for passing bad checks. He blames his legal problems on politics. He has just written a book about his life and is considering publishing it. We're talking about decades and decades ago. The story comes out right before the election. A lot of people are going to ask some questions. It's years ago, but guess what? It's so, it's so current right now because he is picking on people about character. Has anybody from the Republican Party reached out to you to tell your story, to come out, to no. tell us, tell these no, things no, about Joe Biden, no, to nothing. speak out against him? Nothing. nothing. Not even a little bit. Dr. Jill Biden is denying her ex-husband's claims today. In a statement to Inside Edition, her spokesman says these claims are fictitious, seemingly to sell and promote a book. The relationship of Joe and Jill Biden is well documented. Jill Biden separated from her first husband irreconcilably in the the fall of 1974 and moved out of their marital home. Joe and Jill Biden had their first date in March of 1975, and they married in June of 1977. Stevenson has been married to his second wife, Linda, for 34 years. He insists he isn't out for revenge. Listen, I've said from the very beginning, I have no hard feelings about Joe, Jill, the affair. It means nothing to me now. Everybody's saying, Bill, you're being so mean bringing this up now. But if I don't do it now, it's never going to be able to be brought up. 
Stevenson says he voted twice for Barack Obama and Joe Biden. He says in this election he'll be voting for Donald Trump because he says Trump's stance on police issues agrees with him. Next. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg's humble beginnings here at her childhood home in Brooklyn. How she became a pop culture icon. It just got Ginsburned. And TikTok team. Filing down their teeth with a nail file. Who would do such a thing? This can't get her eye teeth. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. President Trump says he'll present his list of replacements for late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg by Friday or Saturday. Meantime, Ginsburg's death has struck a chord in millions, a reminder that she was a pop culture icon. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg transcended the Supreme Court. Her nickname, Notorious RBG, was actually coined in 2013 by this woman, Shauna Kanishnik, when she was a law student at NYU. Notorious RBG is obviously a reference to the late great Notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls. Justice Ginsburg first had to ask her clerks, who's this notorious? But she soon was able to quickly say that they had a lot in common. This is Ruth Bader Ginsburg's humble childhood home located on a quiet street in Brooklyn. Little Ruth was a brilliant student whose mother died of cervical cancer at age 47 the day before Ruth graduated high school. Because Ruth couldn't attend the ceremony, her teachers brought her many awards and medals to her at home. Kate McKinnon famously portrayed her as a running character on Saturday Night Live. It just got Ginsburned. Today, kids are dressing up as the Supreme Court Justice to honor her legacy. An outpouring of love and respect playing out across the USA. Justice Ginsburg will be buried next week at Arlington National Cemetery. Still to come, TikTok teeth. Filing down their teeth with a nail file. Who would do such a thing? This can't get her eye teeth. Just because some people do things on social media doesn't mean this you should. Dentists right. around the country are horrified over a new okay, TikTok trend, DIY tooth filing. It's the social media craze that has no. dentists gnashing their teeth. I'm going to file my teeth down with a nail file because they're not perfect. You heard That's right. People wording. using a nail file on their teeth. My gosh. This is the metal one I used. I originally used just a nail file, and it wasn't working, so I moved to this. 16-year-old yes. Aislinn Rendulic told me she tried DIY dentistry to fix her crooked teeth after seeing the technique on TikTok. Big mistake. That just, like, looking at it just is painful. It was not painful when I did it, but as the days went on and I would drink cold drinks or ice cream, I felt a lot of sensitivity in my teeth. 19-year-old Mia Dio says she used a bargain basement nail file to smooth out her teeth. I didn't go to a dentist because I am in what was at the time the epicenter of COVID-19 and I did not feel like leaving my apartment. Never use a nail file to, to reshape your teeth. Dentist Todd Bertman calls the practice horrifying and says it does irreparable damage to your enamel. You're going to end up with sensitive teeth, pain, and probably root canals as well. I wish I never did it. 
Oh, we wish you never did it, too. Uh, when we come back, water skiing before he can walk. Finally today, he's only six months old, and he's already fearless. He can't even walk, but watch him go. Six-month-old Rich Humphrey's parents proudly call him the world's youngest water skier. Look at the little guy go. Just keep that life vest on. And that is Inside Edition for today. I'm Deborah Norville. Thank you for watching. Stay safe, and we'll see you again tomorrow. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Spoiler alert, it's neither. At Happy Egg, we believe happiness of the hens is what actually came first, because without happy hens, there would be no such thing as happy eggs. You know, eggs with delicious orange yolks. Those come from hens who are raised the happy way on eight plus acres of family owned farms. Choose happy at happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.